The following commentary does not necessarily reflect the views of the staff and management of WBCA or Boston Neighborhood Network. If you would like to express another opinion, you can address your comments to Boston Neighborhood Network, 3025 Washington Street, Boston, Massachusetts, 02119. To arrange a time for your own commentary, you can call WBCA at 617-708-3241, or you can email radio at bnntv.org. I'm back, Boston. I'm your host, Larry Higginbottom. The name of the show is, you know it, From the Trenches, baby. Observation from the Trenches, From the Trenches. Come on every Wednesday at 6 p.m. You listen to WBCA 102.9 FM. Again, WBCA 102.9 FM. I want to thank you for allowing me into your home. Hope you had a very pleasant and uh, productive day today. Not too cold out there. Not as cold as it was on Saturday and Sunday. Thank God for that. But, uh, you know, uh, as long as you made it through the day, hope you're home, you know, with your feet up, having a cup of tea or uh, coffee or whatever, you know, relaxing. And, you know, uh, the 15th was MLK Day. And uh, in, that, in that same vein, I want to just uh, put some different thoughts out in the atmosphere for you to consider. As a member of Baby Boomers, you know, as we get ready to fly up, fly up into the sunset, retirement, kick back, get out your way, you know, let the next generation take over. Name the Gen Zs, Gen Xs, and Millennials. Won't you consider this here, young people? Talking to my, my, my group, ADOs, American Descendants Slaves or American Blacks. All the research shows that we are in, really, a very precarious position. You got no wealth on anything, don't control anything. Because my generation, baby, boom, baby boomers, we spent our time and energy chasing, what, civil rights, you know, human rights, voting rights, etc. Worthy causes, okay? But again, they don't make policy, they don't make rules, they don't change behavior. So again, as we move off into the sunset and let you take the reins, we're not leaving you with no institution or no platform that you can now build on and expand on. So I want you to just consider these things that if I were a member of Gen X, Gen Zs, or millennials, I would stop doing. I don't think that it's worthwhile, right, to fight discrimination and, and exclusion, the way we have in the past. I view those obstacles now as opportunities for what? Creation. Stop begging to be somewhere where folks don't want us. Stop begging to spend our money where folks say they don't want us. Instead, we should, A, look to start your own restaurant, your own club, your own sign, your own uh, whatever it might be. And... Not that we're going to exclude anybody, because we want we, we, we want everybody to patronize, but I believe that we shouldn't want to be nowhere where folks don't want us. And critiquing King and, and, and our elders, you know, I think even King can't have realized, and you can check him out for himself if you just uh, type in MLK for more information, MLK, the dream or nightmare, where even Dr. King said it didn't cost America nothing for us to get the right to vote or sit at a lunch counter, or go to somebody's theater, or hotel. What are you saying? We took our scarce financial dollars and gave it to somebody who didn't want us. Because why? We fight discrimination and exclusion. Instead of saying, okay, no problem. We're going to uh, patronize our own eateries, 
our own theaters, you know, put our pennies together and build our own hotels, motels, you know, no problem. Because one thing about quality, if you build it, they will come. That much, I want you young folks to just keep in mind. If you build it, they will come, including whites, Asians, whomever. So I believe that we went down the wrong road, baby boomers, fighting discrimination and being excluded. Instead of seeing it as an opportunity for creating, you know, platforms that we can that we control, et cetera, we went down this road trying to use legislation to change people's heart. And one thing Dr. King came to realize. Laws might change behavior, but they don't change one's heart or one true conviction. I'll say again for the folks in the back row. Laws might change some people's behavior, that's true. But it does not change people's heart or their conviction, how they truly feel about you. You must always keep in mind, young people, as we get off center stage and you come to the podium to take over, that this relationship between Adels in America and American whites is based on a foundation of contempt and hate. There is, a, there is a relationship here. And that relationship is 247 years of chattel slavery. It didn't end when Lincoln signed the Emancipation and Proclamation in 1863. It continued for another 100 plus years through the Black Code, Jim Crow, convict leasing, etc. So this relationship here in America is based on contempt and disdain for us. So you're asking people to give up what they've been indoctrinated to believe about you and feel about you to not see you as worthy and deserving to be a citizen with all the perks and benefits of whiteness. I can say without no reservation, that was a bad mistake on our part. And if I was one of King's inner circle, I would have said, Doc, with all due respect, I don't think that we should be fighting for to end discrimination or exclusion. Because our folks are going to end up spending their money across town where nobody wants them, where nobody respects them, where they're not revered or valued. If anything, we should be fighting for get contracts whereby our folks can be hired where now they can come spend their money in their own establishment. And they can also create wealth, right, via these contracts with city, state, federal contract, private contract. I don't think we should be fighting to be somewhere where we're not wanted or appreciated. Again, I can critique King and our elders as you can critique us baby boomers. And I'm saying to the Gen X's, Gen Z's, and millennials, I would stop fighting and always, you know, get into discrimination rhetoric or you're being excluded rhetoric. And I would view this here as opportunities to create a platform that, A, we can appreciate, we can enjoy, we can benefit from, that we control, we'll serve with anybody, you know, but at the same time, they're coming to our place, our establishment, you know, and I can say, in retrospect, looking at the choices that our elders made with Dr. King and them, that we made some bad choices, putting all our eggs into civil rights. 
Because in a way you think about it, it's like begging. It's like begging somebody, this community, who since the time that we we introduced to them, have held us and held us with contempt and disdain and hate. So now you're begging these folks to look at their ways, to change their ways because it's immoral or it's ungodly. How likely is that going to occur? How likely are they going to do that when when the white establishment institution are preaching that you are unworthy, undeserving, and that you are inferior? How likely are they going to change their mindset? Not likely. If you think about it, young people, from the time that Abraham Lincoln signed the Emancipation Proclamation in 1863 to now, it's 161 years. 161 years we've been out here pleading and begging and fighting with this community, the white community, to value us, appreciate, to appreciate us, to share with us the wealth of this country to virtually no avail. We're just as wealthless now as we were in 1963. We control no platforms or institution that A, we control we got 100% ownership in. So if you think about it, young people, for the last 161 years, since 1863, we've been going down a road that really has brought back no tangible results for the group. We're just as wealthless now and powerless now as we were then. And the ironic thing now is America is a fully developed nation now. All institutions are fully developed. These are their worldviews. These are their regs. These are their policies. These are their do's and don'ts that we have to adhere to. So America's not up and coming anymore. She has arrived. She's fully developed. So we have lost opportunity in fighting for civil rights and inclusion. We've lost opportunity to develop our own platforms, our own service models that would take care of our needs. And in a society that's found in capitalism, where capital and labor is important, well, we was locked out of wealth because of the racial laws that excluded our elders from participating when America was, was up and coming. Well, the only saving grace that I can see, young people, is your labor. Is your labor essential and high income? If it is, you will for the most part, do very well out here in this structure called capitalism. If it's not, because now you got all these millions and millions of illegal immigrants running around here, American-born blacks or ADOs is no longer needed for entry-level or cheap labor anymore. You're not needed for that anymore. So if you think about the reality, we spent all this time fighting for perks the other folks walk into benefit, but got no skin in the game. All these immigrants, be they south of the border, Africans, Caribbeans, Asians, folks from India, all these folks walk in, right, and benefit off of our sweat equity, and they got no skin. They got no skin in the game. So why must we keep fighting for something? and begging for something that's not benefiting us. So I'm just saying to the young folks 
who are replacing us baby boomers, I would really critique where we went off the deep end, and that was for fighting for everybody. We start talking about, you know, all people of color, multiculturalism, diversity, inclusion, equity. None of those concepts spells ownership. You are being included into white institutions that they that they control. Policy, procedures, and reg are written through their sense of right and wrong, not yours. So if you don't adhere to what they want you to articulate and express, they will demonize you, right? They will make sure that your reputation is tarnished. They'll do all they can to discredit you and to relieve you of your duties and your income. And you might be 100% right, but you don't own that platform. In America, it comes down to what you own and, own and control. So this evening I'm speaking to the young people. I want this is something you, you, you consider because you got to critique what baby boomers did okay and where we went astray. And I'm saying as a member of baby boomers, we spent too much time on civil rights, human rights, voter, voter, voter registration, all those things. None of those things, none of those entities, right, are institutions whereby you can hire your people, create wealth, develop community, develop projects, you know, none of those institutions leads to that. So it's like you end up begging folks to have goodwill to make changes. And in America, you can speak truth to power, but if you don't have the leverage to make power change, you're just speaking. So it's a nice slogan, speak truth to power. But again, if you don't have the final say-so to do anything constructive to bring about change, you're just talking. And so that's why I'm no longer into symbolism because it does nothing for the group. It does nothing to uplift the group and it does nothing, right, to redistribute wealth. It's just rhetoric. You're trying to appeal to somebody's right moral compass. And I think Dr. King came to realize when he was murdered, that was a useless endeavor given the spirit of whiteness is demonic. You couldn't have done to people what had been done through the spirit and call yourself God-fearing. And in fact, when I think about it, ever since this community left Europe in the 1400s, every place they landed, every place they landed, people lost their land, were subjugated, and were colonized. Say it again. Everywhere Europeans landed, people lost their land, they were subjugated, and it was colonized. And you've seen that play out over there in Palestine. Prime example, same, same story. So you're asking people with that type of spirit to be God-fearing, fair and just. Well, I think the results speak for themselves. I think Dr. King came to realize before he was murdered, 
you listen to some of his tapes, some of his segments, you see his, tame, his tone was totally different. Like he said, when we march on Washington, we're coming to get our check. Does that sound like a man who's dreaming? I don't think so. He said, hey, we come to Washington because they, we've been given a check that's marked, that came back marked, insufficient funds. Insufficient funds. That's like a man who's dreaming? I don't think so. So to the young folks who are about to replace my group, Baby Boomers, I hope that you, as you take center stage, critique us, understand it's what you own and control in America that matters. Symbolism and speaking truth to power gets you nothing. Nothing at all. Again, you're listening to WBCA 102.9 FM. WBCA 102.9 FM. Name of the program from the trenches, baby. Observation from the trenches. I'm the trenches, but I speak about things I'm saying. Things that you consider. You might agree with some. You might not agree. But again, putting a different atmosphere out here in the, in the airways for you to consider. Because at this stage, young people, us baby boomers is leaving you nothing. Not a pot to piss in or a window to throw it out of. Because we spend too much time fighting for civil rights, voting rights, discrimination, exclusion, and we fail to own institutions that you can now take over, build, and expand on. So I'm here to say to you, as a member of that baby boomer baby boom class, that you need to critique us and be mindful of the country that you, that you live in. I don't think it's very wise after 161 years since Abraham Lincoln signed the Emancipation, I don't think it's very wise to spend any time trying to change America into something that she is not when it comes to us. She is what she is. Take her at face value. No other immigrants who come to this country come in trying to change America. They don't come trying to change it. They're not trying to change this paradigm of white supremacy or white whiteness or, you know, white owner. They're not trying to change any of that. They're coming to extract as much of the wealth out of this country, our country, for them and theirs as they can. Rightfully so. I'll say again. None of these folks who come in here, be they white, be they Africans, be they Caribbeans, folks from India, you know, no folks come in trying to change this paradigm of whiteness or white supremacy. Nobody. Also, I've been, been fighting that spirit for 161 years, have been what? Adults, American, American born blacks. I say it's time to put that cross down. Put that cross down. It's time for us, right, to understand that in capitalism, right, the only saving grace for us, because we got no wealth, right, is our labor. Let's be very meticulous about acquiring essential high income skills where we can extract top dollar for our labor. And we can then accumulate capital, you know, create our own projects, you know, create our own entities, right, that we control and that we will serve as anybody. And I'm not just that because you got to be able to uh, engage in the mainstream of American economy. You got to be able to be out in the mainstream of, of the American economy, all right? But you want to be able to own that platform or that vehicle that's being used to get out there. And that takes wealth to do that. And with essential high high income skill, you can earn enough 
uh, funds whereby you can have an excess capital whereby you can team with other people to start restaurants, eateries, you know, construction companies, whatever. Also in that same vein, I think we went down the wrong road, right, begging and pleading for position in the union. We should have said, well, no, no problem. We're going to train our own electrician, our own plumbers, and we want a fight for contracts of the development. Well, we'll make sure that our men and women are being hired. They can participate, you know, in those, in those uh, very lucrative positions. So, but instead of trying to, you know, do that, we just holler discrimination and being excluded. And supposedly, you know, they're always going to do something to include you, but, you know, at the end of the day, you're still left out. Because we, not, we, not, we, not, we did not demand a different approach. No, we're going to create our own training program for our own laborers, our own electrician, our own plumbers to meet the code. And we want contracts to be able to work on those developments, you know, those high-rises or whatever. We will supply our own professionals, our own, techni- our own technicians. And so that way you assure your people getting a piece of that pie instead of begging folks to put you in a union or join a union. And I'm saying to young people, it's time to stop begging. It's time to stop begging to be somewhere or be included by a community that's been indoctrinated since time began that you and I were never worthy or deserving for anything other than to be a beast of burden. I think also, young people, it'd be in your best interest not to go out your way trying to prove anything to this, to this community anymore. Anything. Be the best you can be. Be good at what you do. Be proficient at what you do. That's why I don't tell anybody, we got to work three times as hard as white folks. I stopped saying that decades ago. I stopped saying that. I cannot recall not one Caucasian ever said, I got to prove to black people this or that. Prove to them this or that. They ain't never said that. So I tell all who come into my space, no, you ain't got to prove nothing. Just be proficient in what you do. Be good at what you do. Be competent in what you do. Stop trying to prove to this community that you're competent, that you're worthy, that you're deserving. I wouldn't do it no more. I wouldn't do that anymore. I stopped doing that. I focused on my own development. I focused on trying to acquire contracts, city, state, federal government, private contracts, the trades, et cetera. And I'd be very, very deliberate in my kids' education. What do I mean by that? For most of us, most black Americans, when they go to college, right, because we go in there to enhance our livelihood, to enhance our, our earnings. Many occupations, many professions don't pay well. Although kudos to you for getting a degree, they don't pay well. I would really be very intentional by starting to steer my kids into the STEM, science, technology, engineering, and math. Those are very lucrative endeavors, and also they pay very well. And also you can also start your own practice whereby you can hire people and put folks to work, and you control that platform. But I recommend that we as a community start to be very deliberate and guiding our kids in a certain occupation. I get away from humanities, you know, social services, although it's needed, they don't pay well. You know, they need it, but they don't pay well. 
And most of our people, when you think about it, we come out of homes where there was no wealth, which means what? No inheritance. So you and I, when we get started, right, we're starting from zero. We're starting from scratch, as I had to. So again, we need to really be very deliberate in guiding our kids when it comes to education and technical skills. Like I say, there are many technical and vocational skills. If you, if you have those skill set, right, you can earn one or two six figures, and you can also start your own practice whereby you can hire people because you own that contract. So I'm saying to the millennials, Gen X and Gen Z, it's time for us to pump the brakes on fighting for discrimination and exclusion and look at it as an opportunity to start and create something that, A, you control, that provides service for our people and anybody who want, who want to come in there and patronize it, right? But you own it. You control it. I won't spend any more time fighting racism. I won't spend any more time fighting voter, voter suppression, okay, human rights, although those things are needed. But after 161 years, we have paid our dues. Let these other groups, namely white people, all right, Spanish, Caribbeans, Africans, Haitians, folks from India, Asians, let them fight that. We are giving them, giving them a platform how to fight and combat that. But I would get off the road of civil rights, human rights. I get off that platform. I think for the young folks coming behind us, you need to put your time and energy right on acquiring essential high income skills, whereby you can get contracts, whereby you can employ yourself and members of our community, whereby they can prosper, where they can do well, and from those kind of earnings, then they are able to buy those high-priced items that you want to build, be it luxury apartments or condos or homes or, you know, luxury items. The same with fashion. For these so-called fashion, fashion designers say, I'm not uh, creating fashion for black America or black folks. Fantastic. Glad to hear that. Why? We're going to create our own. We're going to create our own design, our own branch. And as long as our people have the earnings, they can purchase those high income, those high uh, cost items. That's why you got to be connected in the mainstream of American economy. Okay. You can't be out here isolated, black, black only. No, no, no. We ain't talking about that. We want to own it, but we will sell it to anybody. Anybody can patronize our golf club, you know, our, our, our restaurant, whatever. Anybody can patronize it, you know, but you own and control it. You set the policy. You set the procedure. You set the regs. Because ownership get, get, ownership gives you that. That's what ownership does for you. It gives you the right, you know, to dictate the terms of what's going on. So, as you critique us baby boomers, I would strongly suggest that you understand and come and realize that life is all about, in America, what you own and control. And if you've been paying attention over there at the uh, situation at Harvard, the reason why uh, Dr. Gay had to step down is by ownership. You, you saw wealth and power talking, you know? You, talk, you saw wealth and power speaking. And so, 
Civil rights took a back seat <laughs> to wealth and power. She had to go. Okay, it wasn't about no, you know, you know, play, you know, plagiarizing. No, she did not speak what the Jewish community wanted her to say. So she had to, she had to go. Wealth and power at play. So I'm saying to you, as you move out into center stage, as you take the reign, understand you need to be about all right, acquiring assets, acquiring platform whereby you have the power, you have the control. And get off that horse called civil rights. Get off that horse called, you know, voter suppression or humanitarian. Let these other groups fight that fight. We're giving them a platform that they can fight that for themselves. We've been there for 161 years, and we ain't there yet. Come on now, we ain't got there yet. I say, we ain't going to get there. But let them fight that. It's time for us to be about wealth creation, acquiring assets that we can enjoy this great country of ours, because she's a great country. She's a great country. Although she's wicked, 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 but she's a great country. I'm going to take a break. I'll be right back. Again, you listen to WBCA 102.9 FM, WBCA 102.9 FM. I'm your host, Larry Higginbottom. We have a show from the trenches, baby. Observation from the trenches. From the trenches, baby. I'll be right back. Don't go nowhere. And I will continue when I get back. The possibility of lung cancer can be pretty scary, especially if you're one of approximately 8 million current or former smokers at high risk. That's why SaveByTheScan.org wants you to know that now there's a breakthrough low-dose CT scan that can detect lung cancer early, and it only takes 60 seconds. You stop smoking, now start screening. For an easy quiz to see if you're eligible, visit SaveByTheScan.org. It could save your life. SaveByTheScan.org is brought to you by the American Lung Association's Lung Force Initiative and the Ad Council. What is dedication? My daughter started making necklaces. She makes what we call affirmation fashion. I tell her every day that your black is beautiful. Your black is beautiful. And if there's anything better than being beautiful, it's being smart. If there's anything better than being smart, it's being kind. And reaffirming that every day is our method of making sure her chin never drops. My dad wasn't around, and I remember riding a bike and falling off and cutting myself, and me never would just want to get back on it. People ask, how your children learn how to ride a bike, and you didn't. I didn't teach them. I just created an environment where they taught themselves, and all I had to do was be there. That's dedication. Visit fatherhood.gov to hear more. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. love bugs and companions. They are our pets, our family, and they make life better. When we face unexpected challenges, so do our pets. That's why we're on a mission to support people and their pets. Whether donating a bag of kibble, sharing an Instagram post of a lost cat, or welcoming a foster pet into your home, every bit of kindness counts. Visit petsandpeopletogether.org to learn how to be a helper in your community. Brought to you by Maddie's Fund, the Humane Society of the United States, and the Ad Council. Uh-oh, Brad's buzzed. Oh, yeah? Yeah, he's starting with the woots. <laughs> and now a speech. I just want to say that friendship is about heart. Heart and brain. 
Who's with me? Good thing is, he knows when he's buzzed. And my brain is saying, when it's time to go home, somebody call me a ride. Love that guy. Me too. Know your buzzed warning signs? Call for a ride when it's time to go home. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. I'm back, Boston. You're listening to WBCA 102.9, 102.9 FM. Again, WBCA 102.9 FM. I'm your host, host Larry Higginbottom. Name of this program, from the trenches, baby. Observation from the trenches. From the trenches, from the trenches. Well, speak about things that I see out here in the atmosphere. They put a, just put a different spin out here, a different spirit out here, a different thought for you to consider. You might agree with some, all or none, but again, a different take on here. Now, speak really to my group. Tell them I'm a member of. I'm making more blacks or adults as I identify as. Disparaging nobody against nobody. But no group needs more attention than my group because why our legitimate need that led to all the civil rights, all this here, laws, our legitimate grievance has been totally taken off the board because we have been allowed everybody to come under the umbrella for laws that our elders fought for, but everybody benefited. So our legitimate grievance or redress has been totally, totally, totally just uh, supplanted. So now we find ourselves on the bottom, dead last, in all categories, because we have fought for everybody but ourselves. And so now here we are, as we're changing of, changing of the gods, as the baby boomers step off stage and the next group takes stage, name, namely Gen X and Gen Z's and millennials. I think it's important that my group be honest about our uh, assessment of what we have done and just focusing on civil rights, human rights, voting voting rights, etc. You don't own nothing in those concepts. It's like you're begging. You're begging people right to see and also to change. In America, if you don't make laws, you don't change nothing. You don't have the power to make laws, you can't change nothing. Like you're appealing to folks' moral or their higher sense of uh, right and wrong. We've been doing it for 160, 61 years since President Lincoln signed the Emancipation Proclamation. We've been begging folks to see life from a different point of view. And a lot good that's done for us. So I'm saying to those who are about to take the reign uh, from us baby boomers, there's something that we did you should stop ASAP. And I'm saying my topic today is on discrimination and exclusion. It's an opportunity for creation. Discrimination and exclusion is an opportunity for creation. Before I get back on that, let me just address this here. Last night uh, in New Hampshire, President Trump, former President Trump, won. <clears throat> he beat Nikki Haley as he beat them out there in Iowa. So now, <clears throat> I guess it's on to uh, to uh, South Carolina. And as a member of the Adels community, if you feel you want to vote for Trump, vote for him. If you feel that you want to vote for Biden, vote for him. I'm going to vote for neither because why? Neither one of them offer anything that's going to benefit the collective. Neither one of them. Neither one. I didn't vote for either one of them last time. I went to the booth and voted. I wrote in there, Adels, A-D-O-S. Let them know I'm, I'm here. But none of these folks are often going to benefit my group. Because 
Anything that's called universal for all people, we too far behind for anything called universal to do anything for us. It's too late for it now. America is a fully developed nation. And you got folks who was not here 40, 50 years ago. 40, 50 years ago, just, just, just whites and Negroes. Now you got folks from all over the Western Hemisphere. Because why? White folks allowed them in here. And now we must, what, diversify. Now we got diversity, inclusion, multiculturalism for everybody. So policies that aim at everybody is not going to do, do, any, do any good for the group. So again, if you feel compelled to, to vote for Trump, you feel that he's the man, you do that. You feel for Biden, you do that. I cannot vote for either because they ain't doing nothing for us. And I'm not into symbolism because I can tell you that when Biden get rolling, he's going to talk about, well, I gave you Juneteenth, a national holiday. I went over there to Black Wall Street. Let them know how despicable and racist that were, but not one dime for reparation of the two people who still remaining from that massacre. Not one dime. No, 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 no. And so he's going to tell you what he's done for you. You know, build back better. You know, low unemployment. You know, those things do not address the racial wealth gap, people. Those things do not address having no wealth because you don't have any, any tangible policies being aimed at you. So if you don't have any policies being aimed at you specifically, right, they're not going to benefit the group. So again, I'm on an A, do what I done last time. I'm going to go in there in that boot. I'm going to put ADOS, ADOS. Let them know I'm here. But neither one of these, these guys, right, are worthy of my vote because why they ain't doing nothing to advance and upgrade my community. And now having read for myself about the whole situation over there, over there in Palestine, having read for myself how it got started, I can't, I can't really vote anymore for Congress people or senators from the state who support Israel hands down, knowing what I know now. I would never vote for anybody who gives her a blank check. Nope, can't do it anymore. After reading for myself, understanding how we got there, the history, I can't do it anymore. So again, I won't be voting for my senator or my congresspeople because why? They have been bought by the pro-Israel lobbies. And you can, uh, after going on uh, the website Open Secret and seeing all the money that the pro-Israel uh, web uh, lobby gives these folks, everybody in D.C. is bought and paid for. So I, I won't be voting for them. But again, we need to understand if you don't have policy aimed specifically at us, it's not going. It's not going to do much for us. We're too far behind. And even if they had a comprehensible reparation package today, comprehensible, even that, that we designed it, it would take decades, hundreds of years, to reverse this here reality that many find that many of our folks find themselves in. That's why I say on my show often, you got to understand. The only saving grace, even if you're fighting for reparation, which I agree with, you need to understand you still want to be comfortable. You want to be comfortable. That requires a certain level of wealth. That comes back to your skills. 
So if you don't have those skills, you can't extract top dollar in the labor market. So you're going to end up struggling and just getting by. And keep in mind, Dr. King died impoverished. Malcolm X died impoverished. Fannie Fannie Lou Hamer died impoverished. All these icons that we quote, that I quote, you know, that we read about, right, they died impoverished. I don't want you to live like that. No, that I won't live like that. So you have to think about the only saving grace in America for a member of ADOS is your labor. Is your labor essential and high income? If it is, you're going to do well. But anyway, let me get back to my topic. I'm talking about discrimination and exclusion. It is an opportunity for creation. I'm talking to the group who's about to replace of baby boomers, Gen X's, Gen Z's, and millennials. Don't beg to be somewhere where folks don't want you. Don't fight to be somewhere where folks don't want your money or your presence. Now's the time to be in what I call a create mode. Create mode. And there's ample opportunities for you to create those kind of endeavors, you know, that folks are saying that you can't come to their house, create your own house. And if you create it, they will come. They will come, trust me. If it is, if it is of quality, right, venue, they will come. But here is the difference. You own and control that. You control it. Those are your policies. Those are your regs. That determines what's going to go down. So I don't encourage us to be begging and pleading to be somewhere where folks don't want us to be. I know I don't, and you shouldn't either. And then I think that a my generation, baby boomers, made a bad mistake of that by fighting to be places where it was clear folks didn't want us. As Dr. King said in one of his speeches, it didn't cost America nothing for us to get, us to get the right to vote. Sit at a lunch counter, go to a theater or a motel. Because why? We're going to their, their entities. They own those platforms, not us. And what immigration did, right, the things that we did own, right, got decimated. We're out of business. Because why? We want to be integrated. Dr. King said before he passed away for his murder, Harry, Harry, Harry Belafonte said, Dr. King said the night before his murder, I think I'll let my folks into a burning building. What Dr. King said, I think I'll let my folks into a burning building, meaning integration and assimilation. Because you've been assimilated and integrated into a house of folks who've always held you in contempt and disdain. How likely is there going to be a, a genuine inclusion? Not likely. Not likely. And so we went down a road. You think about the foundation of the relationship. We never should have went down. We never should have went down that road. And so I'm saying to those who come in, coming behind us, right, that you need to rethink some of the so-called paths we put us on because they're going, no, they're going nowhere fast. They're going, they're going to lead nowhere. And I want you also to just keep in mind Politics as a, as a vehicle for change for us really was not a good strategy. Reason why I come to that conclusion, think about this here, democracy. One person, one vote, right? Be it city, state, or federal level. Doesn't matter. Be it the city, state, or federal level. You can bring up policies, right, 
that's research-based, data-driven. But if you can't get your, your colleagues to co-sign or sign up on that policy, right, it's not going to fly. So you didn't bring a policy to the floor for black Americans based on research and data. It shows our condition, shows our plight. If you can't get the folks down at City Hall, your colleagues to vote yay, it ain't flying. State House. If you can't get those folks down to State House right to vote yay, it's not flying. D.C., there's 535 members down there. 100 people are senators, 135 are communist people. You got about 200 plus people, Demo- Democratic side, 200 plus, right, Republican. Even the so called Democrat, right, the, the black folks they've been voting for for God knows how long. The reason why they can't bring anything to the floor that's going to benefit us, because why? They know they don't have the vote even in the, inside the Democratic uh, uh, caucus for it, for it to fly. They know that. So that's why they can't bring anything that says for black Americans only. But you can bring things for what? You know, Asian hate bill, speak for itself. Anti-Semitism, speak for itself. Okay. Thank you, West City, speak for itself. But because of the relationship and the foundation it's built on, anything that might remotely benefit black Americans only, met what? Met with what? Contempt, pushback, and hate. Oh, that's diverse. That's reverse discrimination. Oh, discrimination. Oh, no, 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 no. We can't do that. We can't do that. No, 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 no. Because why? The foundation of the relationship has been tarnished and tainted from the get-go. You're not going to change that. You're not going to change that. So again, as I come to realize and heighten awareness, they're trying to hitch our legitimate grievance to this political apparatus with the wrong strategy because the numbers ain't there. The numbers don't work. So if you can't get a majority, be in the city, state house, or, or down there in Washington, D.C., if you can't get your colleagues to co-sign that bill, it ain't flying. That's why the late congressperson from uh, uh, Michigan, Mr. Conyers, he brought to the floor every year a bill just to study reparation, just to study it. Now, he's a Democrat now, just to study it. Every year, Nancy Pelosi, right, wouldn't bring it. Because she knew them white folks were not going to sign up on that. And then not add all the other immigrants down there, you know, Caribbean, African. Hey, that's the case. That's your issue. That's, that's your problem. It's not our problem. So she knew that it had no legs. Forget trying to get the Republicans, you know. So again, uh, young people, politics as a vehicle for our change was not a good vehicle to hitch our cause to because the numbers don't work. The only time the numbers work in politics was doing Reconstruction when the white majority got with our elders and voted in all these bills, 14, 15, amendment, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But by 18, what, 87, right? 77, whatever, right? That love affair was over. You got kicked out, right? And you've been what? Running ever since. The only time the politics worked for us was during Reconstruction when the white majority joined with our, our elders and voted in all these laws. And once that little 10-year honeymoon was over, you've been out here running ever since. So I'm saying to the young people that politics as a vehicle per se is not the right vehicle to address our legitimate grievance against the federal government 
and what it allowed states, city, corporation, individuals to subject us to. Yes, it's a dead old here. But again, the vehicle of politics, because it's one person, one vote, like I say, it was not a good vehicle to use to address our legitimate grievance because of the relationship that's tarnished, it's anchored in hate, contempt, and disdain. It don't look good at home, team. The only saving grace, in my humble opinion, is your labor. Do you possess essential high-income skills? If you do, you do well. If you don't, you're going to struggle. But I would stop putting my time behind fighting for the, fighting against discrimination, exclusion. Well, I'm going to look to see, hey, be in my own nightclub, be in my own playground, be in my own complex. You know, because if you build it, they'll come. We'll service anybody. But again, we should stop wanting to be around people who don't want to be around us. We should stop buying products where the folks say, I don't develop for you black people. Fine, no problem. We're going to create our own version. And as created and gifted as we are, trust me, they will come. They will come. But let's stop begging. Let's stop begging. Let's stop begging. Let's stop chasing. Let's stop chasing folks to hold us in endearment or enlightenment who've been indoctrinated to hold us with contempt, hate. Let's stop it. Let's stop it. So anyway, as my hour comes to an end, I want to just say, again, just thought, just some, some, of you, some of you consider it. For you consider it. You might share, believe in some of my thoughts. Might not, but just something for you to think about out here in the atmosphere. It's time to use discrimination and exclusion as an opportunity to create Create what folks say they don't want you to participate in. That way you control that platform. You control the entity. You set the terms. Because if it's of quality, they will come. That I, that, that I can guarantee you they will come. So until next Wednesday, hope you have a pleasant afternoon and enjoy yourself as I wind down. I'll be here again next Wednesday with a different uh, thought. You know, again, from the trenches, baby, from the trenches, because as a mental health provider out in folks' homes for the last two decades, seeing firsthand how we're living, how we're faring, and yay, most of our folks are not doing well. well. That's, that's a given. Never have. Never have since, since 1865. Never have as a, as a collective body. That's why I say it's time to mount a different horse. That horse got to be contracts that you control. That you control. And it's time to stop begging to be somewhere where folks don't want us. That I firmly believe in. I don't want to be nowhere where folks don't want me. And neither should you. Because at the end of the day, right, you're spending your money and your energy with a, with a uh, group of people who don't really value you who don't care for you. So I say it's time for us to change that 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 that, uh, that strategy. It's gotten us nowhere. As Dr. King came to realize, right, laws might change behavior somewhat, but it does not change the heart or one's conviction 
And black Americans, we are living, we are living, living evidence of that. Laws, 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 but it did not change the hearts and minds of the black community. So after 161 years, after 161 years, I say it's time to stop chasing. It's time to stop chasing. She is what she is. Except for how she is. She's a great country. Folks come in for the wealth, for the wealth. So they can live very comfortable. And uh, let that be it. And so it's time for us, right, to change our outlook on life and stop trying to make America something that she is not. That's the best advice I can give you. So that's what I told myself 30 years ago. This is a white man's country. It is what it is. He owns all the wealth, controls all the resources. It is what it is. So that being said, how do I prosper and thrive? I must possess essential high-income skills. Or I'm not going to do well. I had to go back and upgrade my skills. And so were you. There's no getting around that piece, you know, because in capitalism, labor is still supreme. Labor is needed in everything. Services, production, you need labor. So if you have essential high-income high skills, you will do well. You will fare well. If you don't, you're not going to do well. It's just a cut and dry. It's just that cut and dry. So again, I'll leave with this here. Stop chasing places and spaces where they don't want you. Stop it. Create your own. And they will come. So again, listen to listen to WBCA 102.9 FM. WBCA 102.9 FM. Name is program, Observation from the Trenches. I'm your host, Larry, Larry, Larry Higginbottom. I'll see you next Wednesday. Until then, be well, and I'll see you then. The preceding commentary does not reflect the views of the staff and management of WBCA or the Boston Neighborhood Network. If you would like to express another opinion, you can address your comments to the Boston Neighborhood Network at 3025 Washington Street, Boston, Mass., 02119, attention WBCALP 102.9 FM. If you would like to arrange a time for your own commentary, call WBCA at 617-708-3241 or email us at radio at bnntv.org.